evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, and I am talking once again with the great Sue Timberlake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thought that would catch you off guard. And the, uh, you know, reasonably cool, you know, in the right light, he's pretty awesome. Beleaguered. John, beleaguered. John the Roberts, yes. Perfect. Yes, indeed. He's Perfect. a major beleaguered, folks. <laughs> Perfect word for the week. Indeed. Or week for the word. And, uh, yeah, sorry. And we are happy to be once again talking to you uh, on air, live from our studio here in uh, lovely Florence, Massachusetts, on a beautiful summer evening. We beat the Cabrera show. They aren't on their stage yet, right? It's this coming week. I have no idea what you're talking about. Stephen Colbert's show is going back into the studio oh, next week. Colbert. Yes, 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 yes. We beat them. Yes. <clears throat> and a lot of other people, actually. Yes. This is the civil politics, not a civil politics, <laughs> I guess. So, uh, Perfect. and we'd love to hear from our listeners, as always. Uh, it's uh, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org for email, at civilpoliticsfm on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Civil Politics Radio is our community there. And finally, uh, CivilPoliticsRadio.com is our own special bespoke website uh, full of things like our bespoke news search and uh, uh, supplemental episodes and recordings of previous episodes of the show and other goodness that we see fit to put there. You really like that word, huh? Yes. Is that tonight's word? <clears throat> bespoke? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it means basically custom ordered but specifically for like the world of you know tailoring and whatnot. Bespoke suit, you know. Tonight's episode is brought to you by the letter B, <laughs> bespoke, <laughs> and the number seven, S and G seven. Right. Uh, I I can see that in our headline for our show right now. So. <laughs> yeah, I you know. Uh, it wasn't the thing I was most thinking to talk about, but so President Biden has met uh, in Europe with uh, the heads of the quote unquote G7 states. And the, the G7 is basically like the seven nation states that have the richest economies. But I don't think it includes China. So it's basically the seven richest white countries, I guess. I couldn't of. I couldn't resist the train. The. Yeah, I, I the joke. I couldn't. I know we were going to talk about something. <laughs> it's good. It, it it'll all circle around. Um, the 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 news I saw about out of that that I thought was actually interesting, or at least you know, like oh well, that's that's actually a good thing. Was the uh, statement that uh, the United States is going to uh, provide uh, five hundred million doses of the Pfizer vaccine to uh, countries that aren't as stupidly rich as we are. Uh, and I think that's part of a larger effort by the whole G7. Uh, was the number a billion in total? So the, uh, the G7 as a whole, uh, are promising a billion doses of a vaccine. Um, the, uh, America is donating 500 million, uh, doses of the vaccine. This is in addition to the 80 million that we have previously promised uh, to to send. Like I think the 80 million is out of our personal stockpile because 
we have a lot of it mm. uh and a lot of people just aren't taking it yeah johnson and johnson was going to expire and they extended how long you could keep it yeah at temperature um, for another week so no actually um another month and a half month and a half uh they they did studies and they made to make sure but they they, they figured did it in the that, nick of time because it was expiring yeah basically that's what they were doing yeah. <laughs> by the way do you know the original name for g7 what it was the group of seven no gang of seven no oh uh it was it was a smaller number but it was yeah. Uh, what was it? It was called the Library Group. I saw it on C-SPAN because I was home doing my bear fence tonight uh-huh. <laughs> I, during the day. So I flipped on C-SPAN and they were talking about the G7 and the history of the G7. Then they went to the, you know, that speech that um, uh, our new attorney general gave today. But it's called the Library Group because the White House invited the, you know, original Actually, it was a G3, yeah. but they invited them to the White House and they all met in the library. U.S., U.K., and France, probably? Yeah, I don't know who the three were because I missed that part because the electrician arrived. But yeah. <laughs> come but think yeah. Of it, I'm not sure what the seven countries are at this point. I mean, U.S., U.K., France, Germany, Japan, I think. And after that, I'm not sure yeah. well, what else makes our Russia was in Probably Canada. Russia was in and then they were out. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they, then it was the G8. Just for a minute. Yeah. Then they realize they're mistaken. <laughs> uh, they being the Russians or they being <laughs> us? <laughs> they wouldn't join a group that would have them. I don't yeah. know. But anyway, I heard that. It was like uh, a little tidbit. So Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Ah, uh, Canada and Italy, of course. I think being kind of generous to include Italy there, and probably Canada, I mean, thinking about it. <laughs> I mean... You know, I think the Canadian economy is smaller than that of California. So maybe California could get its own seat. Yeah. That'd be great. Would it though? <laughs> I mean Depends on which part of California we're talking about, I guess. I, I just <laughs> you know, do we really want to start uh 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 f- balkanizing? <laughs> That's that- a B word. Very good. Yes. Thank you. Yes, indeed. <laughs> So, uh, sorry, John, right? I, I don't know. John, I'm seeing you out of the corner of my eye. It looks like you're about to say something. Or I, okay, no, okay, he's, okay. he's holding his forehead. He's, he's, as he should. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Otherwise, uh, uh, you know, anodyne statements, uh, uh, re-signing, uh, the Atlantic Accord or a new version of it between the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, I think the original was, was signed. During World War II by uh, FDR and Churchill, I think. so. Sounds right. Yeah. You are correct, sir. Give, <clears throat> and give Biden it. and um, Johnson are not Roosevelt and Churchill, although they were pre- no. pretending to be that today, no, as I can no, see on, not, the news, no, on no. the newscast. No, they're not. Boris Johnson has been really trying, though. Well, he's he's enamored with Churchill. You know, he wrote a book on him. Yeah, which but I, I mean, probably just mentioned Biden. forty times before. He's really trying. Oh, Bi- well, Biden is trying to be tr- uh, transformational, and yeah. you know, my party just isn't having it. No, no, <clears throat> and unfortunately, apparently, neither are uh, uh, the Democrats, uh, and that oh, actually was right. the thing that That's really, right. yeah. Just this week, I have just been like, oh my god, I'm so angry with Joe Manchin. Dirt, dirt in the wheel, cog in the. He's 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 flying the ointment. He's what everything. He? <laughs> he's everything uh, uh, I feared he would be. At least this week, you know. I suppose it could be some 
long game thing where he's putting up a big show of trying to work with the Republicans and then, you know, he'll break dramatically because he's so disappointed. But uh, I I don't think so. West, West, West Virginia. Yeah. So he can't. I I sure he can. Didn't Trump win by like 40 points in West sure, Virginia? Sure. But I mean, he's not up for reelection for four years. Yeah. So, hmm. you know, I, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But he's like, like what's really going on in his head. I don't know. But he's you know, published editorials where he's come out and just said, I don't think the HR1, the For America Act, you know, the the move to address gerrymandering and a lot of voting suppression tactics around the country. He's like, we can't have election reform in a partisan manner. And it's like, what do you think the Republicans are doing around the country? Like, what what is your explanation for naive, this? Naive, I think, is his explanation. I, I don't think he's or naive. trying to get elected. I don't think anybody who survived that long in the snake pit of the Senate and before that was governor of West Virginia, I just don't think so. Here's a, I don't know, not a, I don't know if it's a grenade or not, but th- think about, <laughs> I was just thinking with Joe Manchin, he's from West Virginia. Correct. He is, uh, his job is to represent West Virginia. Yes. Do you think that he is representing West Virginia in doing this? I mean, I don't agree with him. And I think that if you are elected to Congress, then you are elected to because people trusted your judgment. But there are there are some people that would say you are here to, to represent the people of this state. All of the people in the state. All of the people in this state. I mean, that this does sound like something that West Virginia would honestly probably not West Virginia would go along with, but it's closer to what the, what the general consensus sort of the, the mainstream, or if you added all the, the mainstream averages. of West Virginia, yeah, yeah, because it's very red. So, so my understanding is that as far as polling goes, uh, uh, the uh, reforms put uh, put out in HR one slash S one are polling very well in West Virginia. So does the John Lewis bill, right? So, so there's that. Um, he is a proponent of the John Lewis bill. He wants to do that instead of. Well, he uh, wants HR1. to do a version of that. Well, and because he, he not, thinks it still needs to be tweaked, and not not if it over is not to over, they won't. He wouldn't vote to overturn the filibuster to get it done. Right, and, and that's actually. And he also wouldn't. Uh, he also thinks the Hyde Amendment is absolutely essential and not something we can get rid of, which yeah. means you know no government government money to pay for you know women's health care. Uh, hmm. If it might be used to like provide for birth control or abortion, so yeah. in a in a custody battle, sometimes um, one of the partners will will rev up the child, make the child really upset every time they have to visit the other parent, and will just make life miserable. And some judges in the past, you'll see where I'm going in a second, have said that the child cannot be that upset. Therefore, we stop custody. In other words, one parent has made it so awful that the judge fears for the child, and yet the parent that's doing it is actually doing their own thing. I'm making the comparison to my party, basically so polarizing it, and then reaping the benefits of that polarization. It's like the opposite of what Solomon would do. You know, it's just it it is, as you said, how can he how can he do that if he's really a Democrat? Because if you don't believe in the principles and you're just saying it's too polarized and I don't want to, I don't want to call it, you know, I don't want to 
call your hand, that's a very hard position to be in because yeah. as long as the other side is polarizing, you can never move off your spot. In other sure. words, he can't move off any position that he has given that statement. Because I heard the statement about it's too polarized and we don't want to do anything that makes it worse. All right. And that basically is giving into my party. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, honestly. Like the judge giving into yeah. the wife or the father who's making everything uh, miserable. Honestly, I don't know if it's some kind of weird calculus on Joe Manchin's part or if it's, you know, cowardice. I mean, sure, could be. Maybe he likes the bar relief that you can really see him because he's yeah he's the he's basically the negotiator. Could be. <clears throat> I think it's also possible that Joe Manchin just you know fundamentally is kind of comfortable with the way things are, and you know uh, a state with the vastly white population that went for Trump by a huge margin. You know, maybe in the end he's kind of comfortable with not really overturning the system. You know, it's okay if we have a few voting restrictions. It's fine. You know, I, maybe in the end he's just racist. Um, uh, about that, uh, he, I don't either. I'm just saying he had maybe he that's all it is. A, um, he did a a a. Uh, um, why was I going to say obituary? Uh, uh, <laughs> Op-ed, editorial, Op-ed, yeah, an editorial in <laughs> maybe the it's West Friday Virginia and- Gazette. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's that's. I was skimming. I saw it. that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just skimming it uh, while we were talking, and the the sense that I'm getting from Joe Manchin is that he actually believes in the power of bipartisanship. He he actually believes that if you if you go forward without at least some uh, support from the other side, then it is going to fail because. When the other side is in power, then they'll do whatever they can to overturn it. It'll just keep going back and forth. Get you need undone. to, you need to have a, you need to have legislation that everybody agrees with, because then it'll be more stable. That so, is, that is what. That's a pretty good argument. He's been it, talking about. He was talking about in his writing here, and th- this is a thread that has been going through his speeches and and. Uh, how he's been responding to this. The problem is that is that is like ignores the past 10 years. It ignores just fundamental facts about the the party that he's trying to work with. Yes. Uh and he says that there is bipartisan support for the John Lewis bill which is uh to basically reinstate the Voting Rights Act. But for all states, so even Mass would have to go before. Yeah, which is fine. Well, which is, is it fine because if you want to expand rights, you still are delayed. You know, if you're expanding voting rights or you want it, it's actually still delaying it. But it's brilliant on John Lewis's part because basically it's an acknowledgement to the South that they were singled out or the states that were. Well, had, and there had, was a reason they were singled out. But and, yeah. 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 I mean, the, the but the main thing is that he doesn't want to get rid of the filibuster because like like i was saying um like a few weeks ago like i worry about the um the power of the majority but did you say tyranny yeah but the filibuster is useless when it is it is used as something like this and it obviously has a problematic history you know being invented to keep slave from having rights and everything but any anyway not that's not the point um but it looks it just really seems like john, john uh joe manchin 
is brain knock worky today. Uh, it seems like Joe Manchin is just enamored with the thought of coming together to work on a problem. And how long has he been in 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 Congress? In the Senate? I think in he's the been there. I think this is his fourth term. Yeah, he's been there for a you while. I think he's sentimental for the way it used to work. I think that he is trying to yeah. think about an a bygone era of politics. Even in the nineties it was it was really hard to to get bipartisanship, but it wasn't functionally impossible like it is today. Yeah. It is it I will say it is functionally impossible to have true bipartisanship in in the our politics today because of all of the extremes especially sorry especially on the right yeah um, well when you mitch uh mitch mcconnell i mean when he said that my whole objective for obama and then his whole objective is to stop yeah. biden's i mean that is a that's a declaration of war yeah, yeah. as soon as he said that joe manchin would be, should have been like uh -oh. oh, well, screw you then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's that that. And Obama should have too. He kept working with us much longer than he probably should have. <sighs> yeah, he did. Um, he and, was also enamored with with this, but uh, his it was easier. It was easier for him to be enamored with it then because they weren't as hardcore as they are now. Yeah. Um, but they'd have a uh, my party would have a meeting with him and they listen very carefully and he'd have them in to talk to him and they'd go out on the front steps and hold a press conference and and basically you know throw him under the bus yeah it was i mean it was all it was all for you know sort of local gain yeah it's very interesting the people i mean politicians have always been like that they're always stepping in front of the parade and trying to be the center of power and you know always causing problems so they can be right in the front of the front of the wake but I, I, but I'm surprised at Joe Manchin and it's like, you guys don't know how to play hardball. I, well, I think we, we do know how to play hardball, but a, there's no leverage because we need all 50 Democrats voting in lockstep to, uh, to actually pass any legislation through the Senate because, uh, assuming it doesn't get filibustered, if it comes to a vote, uh, Either it's something so anodyne that a few Republicans will go, yeah, sure, whatever. But otherwise, we need all 50 Democrats voting in lockstep to then trigger the deadlock that Kamala Harris can break as vice president. And that's it. So there's there's no way to not work with or, or cater to the whims of Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema and every other uh, Democratic senator. And I think it's not a question of Joe Manchin doesn't understand how to play hardball. I think it's a question of Joe Manchin fundamentally doesn't mind what Mitch McConnell's doing. It's, you know, I just, I can't think of any other explanation. Like, you know, unless he's a blithering idiot, which he doesn't seem to be. I mean, maybe he is. Maybe he's just, you know, some, <clears throat> some... he's just so simple minded that he can't wrap his brain around complexity. I don't know. I've never met the man, you know, <laughs> I, I can't really judge. Uh, but I, I, I'm very dubious that someone who's had such a long and successful career, you know, running a state and then working in the Senate, you know, is incapable of understanding the dynamics of what's going on here. I think in the end, he's just he, he'd rather have the Republicans gum up the works and keep this, the status quo as it is or maybe even tilt it more towards, well, the white supremacist agenda Mitch McConnell's pushing than actually – 
you know, stand up for voting equality and John Lewis's dream. He so just forth. really seems uh, kind of intellectually not incurious. Like sure. He's he's stuck in this in this bubble of wanting like he's being Pollyannish. <laughs> like yeah. well, he really wants everybody just like let's all work together huh let's you know we need to and it's just not going to work it's it, this is a different world than where he came from and he i couldn't make the joke without laughing um he uh he he just can't he can't handle what's what's happening right now he doesn't he doesn't let that sink in and Part of that is because I think because he's trying to represent the interest of his state. Um, part of it is because of, you know, he's from his state. Mm -hmm. And part of it is, like I said, he is just, just simping for, for bipartisanship. <laughs> just completely. I have a Go ahead, sis. And yeah. He's your guy. So forgive me for uh, no, having an opinion he's about not. <laughs> He is not my guy. Yeah, he's got a no. D after his name. Well, okay. So. And Some do of the I? Art. Do yeah. I? No, you don't. <laughs> Good he point. He's not my guy. Oh, there you go. Screw him. That's so, <laughs> you know how we? I think we were talking. Oh, maybe I was doing that on um in, a, in another form, but um you know that debate between Cicero and Caesar, and people like Caesar because he gets things done and uses power and all that. But Cicero's argument always is that you know the means don't just the ends don't justify the means. I'm going to argue that actually Mansion is more of a Cicero type, that he really can't go there with you know using leverage and playing hardball that he just really believes the way to get things done and he may have experienced that very well in West Virginia is that you you don't don't travel from your values and his values are people should work together you know and when they don't he can't be aggressive against them he's just one of those folks and I meet a lot of folks in the world who'd really just you know, they just move away from the conflict and they, you know, they, they, I, I don't think he's a mover and a shaker. And so it's not I'll buy that. Yeah. I don't think that it's mean spirited or even ignorant. I think it's just that his value It's sort of like Joe Biden doesn't really hit back. You know, he's just kind of a go along, get along guy. And we're going to see if he hits Putin today, tomorrow. Well, I mm. forget when he comes to see him. I would push back on that. You think Biden's going to hit back? No, before. Oh, uh, about Joe Manchin. Yeah, I don't think I, – I do think he is kind of ignorant. I don't – like because he – I understand that you have values, like a person would have values and this is how you want to operate. Principles, yeah. This is this – is, these are my principles. The problem is a good legislator and just someone that is trying to make the country better needs to be flexible on those. You need to be able to see these are my values. But now I'm presented with this information, so maybe I'll change what I'm doing. Grenade time. Hold on. <laughs> so he, it's you need to be, you need to be flexible. You need to be flexible, like a reed. You don't need to be like flopping around or anything. But if someone's like, my stance on the death penalty, I would. I used before the death penalty. Then I learned the issues with it, and then I changed it. Then I changed my mind. That is, that is what needs to happen with anybody 
when you're presented with new information, you re-examine your values and see if they still fit in the world that you live in. Now, let me let me see if I can put the pin back in this thing. Let me okay. Uh, we got five minutes. Come on, hook me up. <laughs> I got my catcher's mitt. Let's All right, go. you ready? <laughs> um. So, have you ever talked to a Quaker about World War II? I I have not. Yeah, I usually talk to Quakers of, about you know like oh, social you know. justice and yeah. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I know like one or two Quakers. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, what do you say? Well, so you know, for some people, their principles are pretty. They're pretty strict and they're pretty concrete, and they aren't. It's such a core value to them that you don't meet aggression with aggression, even though they're hurting your family or they're hurting your country. And I guess I'm making that argument about Joe Manchin that it may be that he is just, you know, as you say, you can look at the evidence and you know that my party's going to, you know, obstruct in every possible way they can possibly do it because that's how we play football. Um, but I, I'm arguing basically that he, that he can't give that up because it's part of his identity. Okay, so could be catching it. Uh, <laughs> the thing is that when you're talking about World War II and Quakers, that is, and like, or people that are just pacifists, that is different. Like they they say, I don't want to kill anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody. We shouldn't be aggressive. We shouldn't be aggressive. That is different than legislation or just. Your your values in relating to in culture or in in life like there are there are core values that like I have core values that I will not give up. That's why people trust you. I hope so. And there are and there are some things that I change my mind on, some things that I evolve on, and some things that I I will not change. And those core core values are to do with like the basics of life. I don't want to hurt anybody. I want people to be happy. I want to try to help people in any way that I can. These are values that I have. However, if someone said, your want to make everybody happy is actually toxic, then I would re-examine that. Joe Manchin's just love affair with bipartisanship is toxic now. It is hurting people. Because it's not going to it's not going to happen unless he like, you know, I think that he's I, holding the card. He really holding, is. Yeah, he has all the power. Him and Kristen Cinema, they all they have all the power. And the, the issue that we're running into now is that they want to be in the middle and be the bridge or whatever. But the problem is the person on the people on the other side are setting fire to the bridge. Well, and they're not in the middle. I mean that's yeah. part of it that they think they're in the middle, but they're actually no, not. No, they're very conservative. Yeah. They're on they're they're more towards the right. They're yeah, not, I was gonna send the them middle. an invitation to our party. Though. You should. <laughs> the Honestly, I mean, yeah. Did, I, you, did you see that Kirsten Cinema last week was doing an an event instead of uh um uh, voting was the, for the 
for the people. She's Act. working on right. the infrastructure <laughs> bill, right? Well, she was doing an one. event in Arizona with uh, Senator John Cornyn, the Republican from Texas. So basically, she's she's out there, you know, pushing the pro business line. And uh, honestly, there's a lot of Democrats that are pro business. Yeah, I th- honestly, I think the the that's kind of the, I think the difference. I, I think the thing you're missing is going back to your analogy between Cicero and Caesar. Uh, you know, the thing Cicero and Caesar both had in common is they both came from uh, rich, powerful, and ancient patrician families. And that's Joe Manchin. They could afford afford to take those positions. Well, not just the can they, they can afford to take those positions. They have a fundamental interest in keeping things as they are because that maintains their wealth and power. And I think that's Joe Manchin's first and foremost value. You know, I mean... He is, you know, he's his own person and his children are not him and so forth. But it is worth noting uh, there had that he's pushed uh, uh, that his his daughter is a pharmaceutical executive. And, you know, her company has basically jacked up the price of drugs for, I think, treating diabetes by like 500 percent because there's money in screwing over sick people. And he's gone to bat for her on Capitol Hill. Because, you know, business is business. And I think that's what he looks at when he looks the at Mitch McConnell. The business of America is business. Business is business. Yeah. There's nothing personal. Anyway, we're at the 30-minute mark. So let's take a short break. I defended a Democrat. Uh, <laughs> you actually do that a lot. Yeah. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> If they're if they're sufficiently evil, <laughs> they're sufficiently logical, <laughs> then he, then she usually goes to bat for them. Yeah. Like if they actually make sense, <laughs> I try to be fair, but you know it's I, hard. I think I'd rather reduce party. it to just good and evil and scream at each other. I think that's wait, no, that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's not what the show is about. That's what we're supposed to be doing rats. I knew I was doing something wrong. I, you know, we've been away for out of the studio for a long time. It's it's messing me up. We gotta wait until that diner reopens so we can do <laughs> yes. our dinners to exactly to get our alignments. So, uh, well, we'll continue with our episode of civil politics, brought to you by the letter B and the number seven. <laughs> B seven. Our yes, bingo. Uh, in just a few minutes, we're gonna play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs. In the meantime, keep the FCC happy. Uh, But don't go away. Uh, We'll be right back. STDs often have no symptoms, but if left untreated, they can lead to serious health problems, especially for young women. Every year in the U.S., about 24,000 women become infertile from untreated STDs, which means they may never be able to have kids. It's important to get tested regularly. All STDs are treatable. Many are curable. GYT, get yourself tested. Go to GYTnow.org to find a testing center near you. A message from CDC. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from COVID-19. If you recently traveled within the United States or to another country, you may have been exposed to COVID-19. Wear a mask when in public. Maintain social distance, approximately six feet from others. Wash your hands often and watch your health. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19 to learn how to protect yourself and others from COVID-19. VFR listeners, this is Bob Balo. I'm at the controls in the VFR studio every Monday morning from 6 till 9 a.m. I play music and I talk. 
and I give the time and temperature. Also, I drink a lot of coffee. Then I go home. But I faithfully return every Monday morning, 6 till 9 a.m. on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, Northampton. I never get the flu. My kids don't need more shots. I don't have time. We're all healthy. My asthma's under control. I'm pregnant. I've had the flu. It's not a big deal. My kids are too old the for media flu. media is exaggerated. I can fight it naturally. No matter how you build your excuses, the flu can blow your house down. Keep your foundation strong. Vaccinate. Learn more at flu.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. You have the right to know. The right to know about culture. The right to know about the economy. The right to know about technology and to know about sports. You have the right to know about education and politics and the weather. You have the right to know what's happening abroad and in your backyard. But above all else, you have the right to know that this right is under attack and we must work to protect it. Because in order to be free, we must be informed. Understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's Subculture Music Program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at ValleyFreeRadio.org. And we are back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, this episode continues to be brought to you by the letters B and the number 7, according to our esteemed producer, genre, who's over there, uh, palming his face. Uh, Why did I do that? Because <laughs> it was awesome. And not related to the B-7 bomber, right? Uh, uh, I've never heard of a B seven bomber. Yeah, old. They're very old. I yeah, the, um, World War Two era. I think so. Right. I've heard of the B twenty seven, or like... the B seventeen, the B twenty four, but yeah. I don't remember a B seven. I believe it was one B7. of the earlier ones. Yeah, it, the, it could be the funky tail and two two. Again, two I think that's a B seventeen. But yeah, whatever. Two fuselages. I, I I'm not an expert on you know aircraft from that era. So no, and I was just looking at an aircraft book with a friend. So hopefully, oh. I've remembered this correctly. And oh, I yeah. may not have. No, yeah, I do too. It's been a long week. <laughs> but uh, that voice is Sue Timberlake, our uh, esteemed Republican colleague, and I, of course, am the invidious Michael Dow. Benghazi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's my soy boy liberal that's, Democrat. That's my B word for tonight. Douglas. Yes, the Douglas Y one B seven. 1930s American bomber. 30s, yeah. Neat. Before World War II. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yes. I, mean, I was like, it hadn't seen service in World War II, but that's... You're so young. It's true. <laughs> 
both of you. <laughs> not like you remember the war either. No, I don't. That's I don't. true. Anyway, uh, so speaking of, uh, we, we were talking about Joe Manchin and shaking our fist at the clouds about him and. Uh, Just an interesting character and tough for politics. And this, do you think democracy is going to um, survive this? Have you heard the arguments no. that people are saying that the, the, uh, um, the, all the uh, governments that believe in uh, authoritarianism? Or making the argument that democracy is so messy that it can't get things done. I mean, I think it's an interesting argument. Democracy is not the... Uh, democracy not the, isn't the problem here. Yeah, and it's also not the baseline of it, our, our, how we make communities. It's just... I, That's something that, that's relatively new that we that we try to do because it's relatively better. Than you know, an oligarch. I mean, it, it's it's a very old idea that you know was out of fashion for centuries and has, has come back. the The advantage of democracy, as as I know you know, <laughs> sentimental, right? No, but I mean, the advantage of democracy is that it's like okay, we want to represent the interests of the community at large, and the idea, you know, it's it's sort of the same logic that leads people to say we I believe in free market economies. You know, like the idea that like well. People know their own personal interests. So if you let the the mass of people sort of pitch in on a decision, you're going to get something that's going to reflect their interests and insights and so forth. You know, it's an idea that doesn't that that, that is not without flaws, but I I think fundamentally it does create um, one thing. It does is it does allow uh, for a, a real sense of legitimacy, a sense of buy-in. Like like the people have voted. X, for X, Y, or Z. So therefore, we know that's the consent of the governed. If if we do that, then 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 people are getting what they want. <clears throat> and uh, you know that 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 as I've, I've talked about this before on on the show, it's just something that that I, I think people need to remember more is when you look at uh, the history of humans around the world. When you start looking at us in larger populations, not little little tribal groups or whatever, but like large political organizations, city-states, nations, whatever, kingdoms. Um, you know, that fundamental problem of if you're in charge, how do you make sure you have the consent of the governed? How do you make sure people are on board with what you're doing? Or Make or, them fearful. And Well, make them fearful <laughs> is a thing, but that only works in so long as they're afraid of you. And as soon as they stop being afraid of you, you're toast. You know, Machiavelli pointed that out. So, uh, you know, the the sense of, how do people how do you make sure that people see you as legitimate? Well, the legitimacy of, you know, we got everybody together and said who should be making, you know, who should be in charge of, you know, managing the city's affairs. We'll have a vote. Oh, we voted for for Mike. So now Mike's the guy who's in charge of handling those affairs. Like we can see the legitimacy of that. Like a majority of us decided that we'd we'd dump all this on Mike's plate and let him handle it. We talked before about tyranny of the majority and what if the minority's not allowed to vote? And right. If, well, and yeah. that or that, even the majority women, 51%. Well, th and that is, that is a huge problem because that's not really democracy. And that is, you know, like that works so long as you're like, oh, well, those people don't count. What if you have so many people not paying taxes, more than 50%, I, that, you that know, they vote for more more benefits for themselves? Well, I, I don't know. 
you know, I, I, I don't know that it's uh, more than 50 percent. Or more like, people work at the factory and therefore they don't want them to get rid of the arsenic in the in the smokestack because yeah. too many people work there. Yeah. I mean, those those well, things that, happen. That's a concern. I don't know what to do about people like, you know, you know, Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and Warren Buffett not paying income tax. I mean, that is a huge problem. And I, I, you know, I'm not you sure send all the benefits they're scooping. Oh wait, that wasn't what you're talking about. You meant like the, <laughs> you meant poor people not paying taxes, not not rich people not paying taxes. <laughs> right. I, I I got confused for <laughs> a minute there. I can see that you. Oh, well done. <laughs> Slam dunk. But Mr. I mean, you Mike. know, at least corporations are paying their. But sometimes wait, the majority uh, will wait. Hmm. Sometimes lies we'll... detected. Lies <laughs> detected. Citation needed. <laughs> so. Anyway. But sometimes the majority doesn't it 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 inures itself. Well, so one of the ways in which you know throughout history people uh, cemented their uh, position as like I'm the legitimate ruler is like you know I'm the God King. God wants me to do this. I support the one true Church, etc., etc., etc. Only men do that. Uh, tell that to Queen Elizabeth the First of England. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Uh, Being a jerk is not a male trait. You know that, right? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do, but I stopped Being a power-hungry jerk <laughs> is not – and I'm saying jerk because we're on a radio. But yes. being a power-hungry like despot is not a, a male trait. It's just we're more jerks about a lot more things. Well, and also <laughs> what counts as a despot? You know, by modern standards, Catherine the Great of Russia is a despot. But on the standards of the time as a monarch in Russia, she's like, whoa, look how enlightened and liberal she is and how considerate she is. You know, it's like, you know, what is the curve you're grading on? But just the the the, the advantage of democracy is uh, it's, you know, however one implements if one's actually sort of consulting the whole population or at least the whole adult population humans right right if humans. You, it's like yeah. if you're a human adult and we don't set adulthood too high you know like 16 18 something like that like you're old enough to begin to start having a role in society as a independent person then yeah you know like we should we should listen to what you have to say and then uh, the mass of people should should make a decision about what they want to do on some policy or appointing some person in, to deal with things and then you know we understand why that person is vested with the authority it's it's easy to understand the legitimacy of that um and i'm just not seeing that uh i i i'm not seeing that value especially sadly from the republican party writ large you know like because we're seeing all these voter suppression measures, you know, to make it harder for people to vote. And that just means that the legitimacy of those elections becomes, you 14 know, states have passed laws. Right. It, it, and, and they become less legitimate because you have a smaller mandate. And if you're in the end, if, if minority rule is what you want, then, okay, you're succeeding. But I don't know. One thing, actually, so this is a thing. I don't know if you saw this or heard about this at all, but um, uh, it, it's a it's a sign that oh wait maybe there is some bipartisanship out there, and I I don't know if this is real. Oh, do tell. <laughs> uh, in the state of Oregon, uh, the state legislature the state legislature today uh, voted. I want to say – I forget the number. I think it was 57 to 1. I don't remember the number. 79 to 1. 59 to 1. Thank you, Jonah. 
uh, 59 to 1, with the one being the, the, the fellow in question, uh, to expel one of their members. It's apparently the first time. Oh, he voted for himself. To he voted, to, he voted to for him. himself to stay in, in, in the legislature. But everybody else, you know, this. so this guy is a Republican, and I'm forgetting his name right now. But he was instrumental in uh, a, an attack on the Oregon State Capitol. Yep. Mike Neerman. Mike Neerman. Thank you. Yes, that's right. So uh, Mr. Neerman uh, uh, walked out, you know, pushed open uh, a side door of the Capitol and just walked out and a bunch of, uh, you know, MAGA agitators burst in. And it this was, is in Oregon. This is in Oregon, the state yeah. of Oregon in the state yeah. Capitol. This is before January 6th, I believe. But, you know, they rushed in with the same kind of agenda. Like, we've got to stop the steal and the Democrat governor has to go. And yeah, it was a trial run. It was a trial run, yeah. And uh, video has surfaced of him basically explaining exactly what he was going to do and how he was going to do it. But, you know, like, hypothetically, someone could do this, but no one would. You know, of course, I'm not saying anyone will do this, but, you know. Here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. <laughs> and uh, he's actually facing criminal charges as and well. His, and his colleagues all voted him. Voted Every him. single one of them, all 59 of them said, you're out. Well, they are Oregon Republicans, so. I don't know if that makes much of a difference. And I did notice in the BBC's article, and I, I, you know, I've got some faith in the BBC, but this was like a paragraph at the end. But it just said, "Did you see what they did to Diana?" Though, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> this is another you reason. Said some to, faith, right? Yeah, yeah. I said some. Um, you know, well, this guy isn't a a, a pretty young woman, so like yeah. attacking her isn't attacking him isn't nearly as fun. Uh, <laughs> but the the. Oh my God. <laughs> British misogyny is a thing that has been pissing me off for 30 years, but let's not get into that because yeah. I don't want to talk about college. Um, so, uh, so, you know, he, the, 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 the article in the BBC said this guy, his, his, you know, there'll be, have to be a special election. And until then the state's Republican leaders will appoint uh, the person to fill oh, his so seat. It might've been self-interest. Right. Or at least a little bit of self-interest. Right. So it's it's like it's easier to vote to kick the guy out if you're not going to lose the seat. And you get to appoint his, yeah. Yeah, but I don't I, like I don't quite know how that would work. I mean, if I believe the state's governor is a, is a Democrat. So like how do that – and I think Democrats control that, that chamber. So, you know – how does maybe uh, it's an existing rule for them there or maybe maybe yeah. a deal was struck to make it unanimous like yeah we'll let you appoint the guy who's going to take over you know if we get your vote i don't know i i uh, developing story to me uh like from from what i'm reading from that article uh and it is being posted if you're listening live it is being posted on on our facebook and our twitter uh Follow the hashtag civil references to it's play true. along at home. Civil references. So what what I'm what I'm seeing is that the Republicans are taking more the rule of law tack. Uh, he uh, lied about there being any evidence about premeditation. Uh, his actions endangered um, officers and things like that. So, oh my uh, god, values and principles. People, everybody has values. Everybody yeah. has principles. Are they good though? <laughs> Well, and are they consistent? Are they good or consistent? Yeah, but I think just in general, I think everybody has some core values that they they bring along with them. The problem is some of those values are bad (laughs) and wrong, and they should not be. (laughs) That's – anyway, 
yeah, so the the two parties are just like one of the Republicans said, if we want to turn our party around or if we want to turn this chamber around, then we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard. That's great. Do yeah. you know who you can probably tell us or it'll be on our link who said that? OK, we're not going to have any insurrections here in this chamber or we're going to turn it around. Don't make me. <laughs> <laughs> that is Representative Christine uh, Drazen or Drazen. Uh, she is the state house Republican leader. Oh, that's the leadership. She made uh, honest in a statement. Yeah, um, good for her. That Mr. Nearman's plan to let people into the Capitol ended with violence, property destruction, and injured cops. This disregard for the rule of law leads us deeper into civil unrest and division. If we want to turn our state around, we must hold ourselves to a higher standard as we work to lead and serve the greater good. I love it when you guys quote Republicans. So, so uh, if they're right, then then whatever. (laughs) Nice. Well, they're always right. I mean, sometimes they're correct too. (laughs) You are. You don't give him any more coffee. You are in a in a mood today. (laughs) Actually, I don't think you drink coffee. I don't actually. You just this is how I am without caffeine or alcohol, people. Scary. You can see why I don't use those chemicals because it's true. Let's get me hyped up and lower my inhibitions. What a great idea. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, man. What do you mean you don't have any more pets? (laughs) So, yeah. I guess we're back. Yeah, I guess we are. (laughs) Oh. um, But good for Oregon. Good for Oregon. That's great. So, but speaking. So, maybe that's a bright light. Speaking of valuing, uh, you know, the rule of law and and boosting police officers, there's another B word, boosting. Um, (laughs) Did you. Uh, see the story about uh, uh, a an advocacy group. I don't remember their name, so I don't know like their their full agenda. But they wanted to run a thirty second ad on Fox News that basically featured several Capitol police officers talking about how terrible it was oh, to yeah. go through. I think I saw ride. the, the trailer right. on that one. Yeah, right. and it's like this was terrible, and these yeah. legislate these these uh, elected leaders, you know, and it's you know. Uh, uh, Congressman McCarthy and, you know, like the, yeah. the, these these uh, Republicans in Congress are stymieing an effort to get to the bottom of what happened. And it called them out. And Fox News refused to air it. They they took the $185,000, but then refused to air it. So I presume they're giving the money back. But it was you know, Midas touch. Right. I don't know who that is. Oh, they are. They, a, they may be terrible, but I um, thought the ad itself, which I watched, I was like, I, I agree with yeah. that. And I think it certainly says, you know, if you believe in law and order and you want to, you know, support police officers, eh? what back, you doing? Back to the fairness doctrine. Uh, These guys um, are running for office. The um, well, uh, no, Midas so, Touch is too. Midas Touch is a liberal activist group. They make very slick uh ads videos that they post on Twitter and and YouTube and things like that that get a lot of traction mostly with you know liberal uh people um I don't know about their about their whole agenda but uh they're very aggressive in um in trying to uh push uh left leaning or, or or maybe leftist uh stuff so that does not surprise me it's Midas that is Midas touch. Was it extremism in the pursuit of moderation? Is was that Goldwater? Yeah, I think it was Goldwater. 
or something like that. One of his uh, speeches. Extremism <laughs> in the pursuit of, of virtue is no vice, something like that? Yeah, I think it's in the pursuit of um, being careful, being moderate. Yeah, it's it's. I can't remember it, but that's the gist of it. That's, that's sort of the gist of it. Yeah, interesting. So I... Uh... I don't know. Just uh, Goldwater and Midas and yeah, yeah, that no, same I'm, I'm that you. same, you know, that I'm you can you. be extreme if you're trying to promote a a position. Sure. You know, and uh, I mean is I, that bad? I don't again, know. Again, as as, as I've mentioned before on the show, I am like uh, an extremist figure, an extremist religious zealot figure that I am uh, you know, supporting and positive about in a lot of ways even though it's like, oh god, I really you know, is uh, uh, John Brown? Yeah, you know, he we was a religiously motiv- he was yeah. a religious fundamentalist terrorist who staged an attack on a Freedom federal fighter. armory. But yes, you know, <laughs> but in the end, you know, his goal was to set up an armed insurrection of slaves against the people who were oppressing them, and that's the right side of the argument. And it gets back to what you're saying about Quakers in World War II. You know, John Brown became you know, turned to violence because he said, you know, nonviolent, the nonviolent approach is not solving this problem. The evil of slavery persists. Black Panthers too. Same thing. Great community group. And, you know, and also, you know, other like, um, well, I don't think the Black Panthers were a terrorist group. I mean, John Brown, just by any reasonable definition was a terrorist, but they armed themselves because they were, you know, sure. Because they were being harassed and uh, And the same with South Africans. Yeah. But I mean, they, they, they didn't, Um, again, they didn't actually stage an armed attack (laughs) that I'm aware of. Um, The Barry Goldwater, uh, I would remind you that extremism in the defense of Liberty is no vice. And let me remind you also that moderation in the pursuit of justice is no virtue. Joe Mansion. <laughs> there you go. I know you're listening. That's brought great. to you by the letter boom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, genre. I knew it was a good one, but it does hold up. It does. Yeah, it does. It does. It's it's fascinating to me how uh you know uh Republicans of older times uh you know, really would fit right in with uh, the Democratic Party. I mean, I don't know so much about Goldwater. I mean, you know. That's because they they were centrist Republicans. Yeah. You know, like the Democrats are. Right. That's true. They're centrist conservatives. That's true. I I still say it, and it still gets a rise out of every time when I say Barack Obama is the best Republican president since Dwight Eisenhower. I I just, you know. He was an accommodator. Eisenhower? No, yeah. Obama was. Oh, well, Eisenhower was too. Um, anyway, so where were we? Oh, talking about Oregon. So good for them. Good yeah. for them. And maybe a bright spot. Let's hope it's a bright spot. Maybe Washington will pay attention to them, not the state, D.C. Yeah, well, it's certainly, it is the right thing to have done in that circumstance. I don't know if it was like, ah, oh, man, that was just, you know, the equivalent of like, Yes, so there's video of me strangling a guy to death, and so of course you're going to convict me of murder. You know, I don't Quick, know. Quick, let's it's... take care of this before the Democrats get another foothold and right. our, our <laughs> legislative seats are yeah. right. Exactly, like like you know, you you've gone beyond the pale, and so we're ca- cutting you loose. But for the most part, uh, yeah, we're going to be okay. I don't know. I, I'm hoping it's it's a it's a turn towards the, the light side for all of our politics. Yeah, I think it would be good for all of us. Yeah, People started uh, Law & Order. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> oh, and I hear the beat. Uh-oh, here we go. I 
can't believe it's over already. I know. <laughs> One more B word. Oh, the B. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Booyah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm getting the, the shaken fist of hurry hit up. <laughs> so, uh, that's going to do it for civil politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, I'm Michael Dow with John Roberts and Sue Timberlake. And we are going to be uh, podcasting. Uh, the podcast of this will be up on the services probably early Monday morning. We have a repeat airing on uh, Monday afternoons at 4. Uh, once again, go to our website, civilpoliticsradio.com, to listen to all of our great previous episodes. Um, all four or five of them, however many there are. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, that'll do it. Thanks for listening to Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. We've got Subculture coming up next. Followed by Table of Contents at 10 and OK Asia at midnight. Lots of good music for the wee hours. But that'll do for now. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.